And I'm just thinking about the church, all the different areas and departments in the church here uh, that Jesus has raised up. Think about this praise team, how how great it is what they do for us. And thinking about the ushers, the helps team, and thinking about yesterday out there for that walk for life. So many of us were out there and, and did that walk. And I tell you what, it's, it was so anointing to do that walk. My, my app, when I walked, I actually said it was about 2.37 miles that we walked. And I thought I knew a little bit into it was a little farther than a mile. So it was a good walk. And we enjoyed it for it's good. It's for a good cause. It's for a good cause. I think about that pregnancy center, that not only do they show uh, women that they don't have to kill their babies. Somebody said, well, pastor, where I come from, they, they call it a fetus. It's just a thing. It's not just a thing. It's a baby. Amen. And so, so women, have, women need to know they have something they can do. Even if they don't think they're able to take care of their baby or whatever reason, they need to know. They need to know their baby doesn't have to non-exist. Their baby can come into this world and be raised somewhere. And, uh, you know, sometimes I start talking, I believe the Holy Ghost starts moving. And so I just, I'll just stay at this flow for a minute till we, till we move on. Uh, saw a thing on Facebook last week, which was so good. I tell you what, Facebook, for all the junk, they have some good stuff on there sometimes, too. It showed somebody crying out and praying and said, God, 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 where's all of our leaders? Where's our great inventors we used to have? He said, you killed them. How many, how many great political leaders, how many great inventors that their moms, not knowing what was really going on, and you know, we're not a church that all condemns anybody that's ever had an abortion, man. We don't do that at all. Because I know there's enough grief goes along with somebody that's done that. Then all of a sudden they realize what they did later on. Man, they're hurt so bad. They got enough hurt without somebody putting the finger in their face and hurting them even more. But I just want to say that how many moms out of ignorance killed the presidents that could have led our country the last few years in the right direction? Are the educators? Are the military leaders? Are the judges? Are all these different great people in life? They never got to see life yet. And so I'm so grateful to be a part of an organization, the Barstow Pregnancy Center, that, that does things to help women have their babies. And then another aspect of that pregnancy center that a lot of people don't really realize, we've been hooked up with them close enough the last few years that I see what they're doing. They have classes over there for young teenage dads and moms to show them about getting married. Showing them how to train their children up. Showing them how to get a job. Teaching them how to get skills. How to get into school and get educated. That pregnancy center does so much people don't even know. And I'm so glad to be a part of something like that. Because I know that's, that's how we're making America great again. Is doing things such as that. That's, a, that. that's such a great thing. And so praise God. I'm glad we had such a good turnout yesterday. So many representatives there of all the churches doing what they were doing to help promote that. It's awesome. Amen. Let's give a hand for that pregnancy center. Amen. That was so good. Uh, does anybody need a outline for the sermon? Back there in the back, need an outline back there. Anybody else hold your hand high? Okay, that is good. And also, I want to tell you, how many are familiar with our scripture? We do on our, our website every month. We do different scriptures. Well, uh, when I was putting this together for March, I was really strongly impressed to throw some meat out there in the area of healing. 
some healing scriptures. So anyway, make sure you got one of these, your bulletin. Do these every day. And I know, I know today we have a lot of empty seats. I've been asking, well, where's so-and-so? Where's, they're sick, they're sick, they're sick, they're sick. Well, they're sick, they're sick. Well, praise the Lord. The Word of God is the answer to sick. As we get these verses in our hearts and our mouths and apply them, they will change us. Uh, we have some living proof on the front row. Two of our uh, female ladies of the church, Pastor Katie, through her pregnancy, things had some strain in her leg area. Couldn't hardly walk yesterday. Laid hands on her last night. She couldn't ever walk at all. Saw her walk this morning, do all her job. There, how you doing, Katie? Said, oh, it's a lot better, a lot better, a lot better. Just through prayer and speaking of words of faith, that changed it. Mrs. Pastor, in a very rare move this morning, about 7 o'clock, told me, Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm not good. I don't think I'll, I, I, I'm not going to go today. She said, would you lay hands on me again? Well, I laid hands on her last night because cold symptoms and things were trying to come on her. And out of all the years we've been in the ministry, she probably missed two or three times out of all these years. And so she says she's not going to come. She's not feeling good. So I laid hands on her again, took authority over it. At about, I think probably about quarter till nine, she says, Hey, man, I'm totally changed. I want to go to church. I want to get there. Amen. And so, anyway, these verses here aren't just little old uh, Mickey Mouse verses. This is some really good, strong, healing, potent stuff. Faith and healing has been my strongest ministry for all my ministry life. And so, if you guys, uh, whether, you, whether you've been sick or not been sick, get these into your system. system. Proverbs 4.22 says, God's Word is healing and medicine to all your flesh. So, anyway, those would be really good. And make sure you go through the scriptures this month. Now we're teaching today about how to win in spiritual warfare. And I really pray you all take notes and listen closely. Because I'm going to really be hitting some things that uh, probably some of you have never heard. I want to show you a couple books. One of my spiritual fathers was Dr. Lester Summerall. And uh, demonology and spiritual things like that was his, was his primary Strong ministry, all of his ministry life, he's in heaven now. But this is 101 questions and answers on demon powers. 101 questions and answers on demon powers. And Dr. Summerall walked in the real stuff. He's got some really right answers from the Word of God. Here's one from Dr. Barclay called Sheep, Goats, and Wolves. Sheep, Goats, and Wolves. And basically that's the three kind of people that God in the Bible talks about come to Christian churches. The sheep, goats, and wolves. You want to be a sheep. If you're a goat, you can change. If you're a wolf, you're dangerous and you're in trouble with God. And pastors, too, knows how to shoot wolves. <laughs> and by the way, we know how here. That's, cause that's why wolves don't last around here. But anyway, you need to read those books there. They will really help you in spiritual warfare. And so I want you to open up to John chapter 10, verse 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. And we've got a specific uh, direction we're heading, but we have to set it up by these scriptures we're talking about, first of all. And uh, John 10, verse 10, Jesus said, The thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's talking about the devil. And we're going to look at a lot of scriptures today about that part of the, uh, in the spiritual realm. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. And so I, I call this verse, I got this off of uh, Charles Capps years and years and years ago. He was one of my Bible school teachers back in the very early 80s. But Charles Capps was a powerful Bible teacher. 
Had he called this the dividing line of the Bible, the two, the two families are in the kingdom of darkness. And I want to say this, the unsaved people of the world and born-again Christians that don't read their Bibles, don't know what's in their Bibles, attributing everything in life that happens, whether it's good or bad, is it must have been the will of God. It must have been the will of God. Well, whatever will be, will be. Well, it was meant to be. It's not meant to be. For all the calamities and tragedies, shootings, early deaths, plagues, epidemics, epidemics, divorces, wars, all the things going on is not the will of God. Jesus said, I come for people to have a good life and enjoy life more abundantly. He said, there's a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so in our lives as Christians, we've got to get the handle on the fact that everything that happens is not God. We as Christians have been given authority over demons, darkness, evil spirits. We, have, we as Christians have a free will. We can submit our will and our actions to God and the Holy Spirit, or we can yield to demons and evil spirits. It's our choice. And when we make choices, choices have consequences. You make good choices, consequences are good. You make wrong choices, then things don't turn out so good. And you know, we got, we got a uh, political candidate right now, and I'm going to make a statement. I'm not saying for or against. I'm just saying what he's saying is really good the way it sounds is this. I'm going to make America great again. Well, I want to tell you something. America is not going to be great again no matter who the president is if we the people as Christians don't know how to fight spiritual warfare. The things I'm going to look at in the Bible today is what will make America great again if Christians, Christians, if Christians will turn from their wicked ways, humble themselves, and pray. Then, God said in Second Chronicles 7.17, Then I'll hear from heaven. I'll heal the land. I'll turn things around. But it's Christians. You know, whether, whether, whether y'all realize it or not, we are the majority. And, you know, I'm not necessarily talking about numerical-wise. I'm talking about spiritual-wise. Word of God says, one to put a thousand to flight, two to put ten thousand to flight. He said in Matthew eighteen nineteen, if any two on earth shall agree as tested anything, it will be done for my Father, by my Father which is in heaven. The power that's in union agreement in the body of Christ is enough to change this whole country overnight if Christians just quit fighting and get in the faith arena. Uh, you know, First, first Timothy six twelve says, fight the good fight of faith. It doesn't say fight politicians. Fight racial wars, fight economic wars, fight union wars. It says fight the good fight of faith. Christians are fighting the wrong things. Christians have got to get into the arena of faith and begin to do things God's way. And so the dividing line of the Bible is John 10.10. 10. There's two sides out there. And I think about uh, what Joshua said in the book of Joshua, matter of fact, uh, he's called the son of none. My son, Pastor Davis, teached on him on Sunday night. At the close of Joshua's ministry in his life, he said, he said, choose you this day who you will serve. After me in my house, we will serve the Lord. And so every day, every day, we can choose you this day which side we're going to be on. When the racial wars start, 
forget the black and white, forget the Hispanic and the Caucasian or any of that kind of stuff there, say, what would Jesus do? When it comes to the economic war, the union versus uh, management wars, what would Jesus do? Amen. And so what, whatever it is, the religious wars, what would Jesus do? We've got, we got to get to the right arena and do things God's way. And when we see, when we see one way is still and kill and destroying, tearing up people's lives, and other ways bring a blessing, then we've got to make a choice. Which side are we going to be on? Well, my dad and mom always did it this way. Yeah, how'd that turn out? <laughs> if you had Christian dad and moms and they did it this way, then they probably did it the Bible way. That turned out good. But if you had a dad and mom that did it the wrong way and you're going to keep on doing it their way, that's called stupid. Okay, get going, Pastor. Man, you're getting stirred already. Okay. I don't know how it happens. It just does. Okay. Uh, excuse me. I'm thinking. I'm processing. <laughs> we have an unseen enemy. We have an unseen enemy. And the Bible clearly warns us how to live in victory over him. We have an unseen enemy. The Bible tells us what to do. So we need to know who our enemy is. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, verse 5, down through there says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. This is not in the verse. I'm just throwing this out now. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That means of the flesh. But mighty through God, through the point down of strongholds, etc. And so we have to know we have an enemy that we can't see. And we've got to learn from the Word of God who he is, how to effectively enforce his defeat. Now look at Second Corinthians. I know I got the wrong thing on your paper there, but Second Corinthians chapter two, verse eleven. I wrote the wrong one down, and my people that do the stuff for me did what I told them to do, but I was wrong. So it's Second Corinthians chapter two, verse eleven. It says this. Lest Satan, lest Satan, he's a very real being, should get an advantage of us, we are not ignorant of his devices. We're not ignorant of his devices. That devices means his plans, his strategies, his methods of operation. The primary way that Satan gains an advantage in the earth is that Christians are ignorant of spiritual principles of warfare. The primary way is Christians are ignorant. And you know, uh, the Bible talks about, uh, about ignorant and unlearned people. Unlearned just means you don't know. And I, as Joshua, yeah, Josh is sitting over there. Well, back, I'd say at least 20 or 25 years ago, Joshua had a really good nerd friend. Why would Josh have a nerd friend? Because Josh is a nerd. Yeah. Nerds of a feather, they flock together. Now, what is a nerd? To me, a nerd is not a nasty word. It's a super brain. Super smart. And no exaggeration, when the kid was two years old, when everybody else was doing what they was doing, he was reading encyclopedias. Going through them, running his finger through them, looking at his stuff. He was sitting watching PBS symphony orchestras, watching all the stuff at two years old, fascinated for hours, just watching all those instruments and doing all those things. When he was in the fifth grade, 
he got to go down for a session at Indiana University. Now, there's a public school teacher that couldn't grasp it at the fifth grade. He showed her what to do to grab hold of the computer stuff. I call that a nerd, don't you? And so I'm getting to a point for this. I'm getting to a point for this about a non-nerd, which is me. I, I was, I was well-versed in Bible things and other things of life, but I knew nothing about computers. Well, he had this friend who's actually moving up in the conservative political circles in Indiana. Now, I saw him, pictures on him in the Facebook last week, the guy getting ready to talk about it in the governor's office in Indiana, moving really up in politics. He's not there, but hanging out with the governor, moving up. But anyway, this guy come over to our house, and this guy I'm talking about started his own business and made maybe $100,000 or more. How old was he when he did that business? A freshman, sophomore or something? He was really young. Anyway, started his own home business at a very young age of making like $100,000, whatever he's making a year. And anyway, this, this is how nerd creator inventor this guy was. And so he's over at our house one day, and this is 20, 25 years ago. Computers were just starting to come out where people had computers in their houses. And so our church had one, and people in the church knew how to use it, but I didn't know anything about it. So I thought, man, you know, we got two super nerds. They can show me. So we're sitting there for a while. And finally, this guy looks at me and gave up on me and says, you don't have a clue. He got up and walked away. And I thought, he's right. Well, I got a little more clues now than I did then, but what I'm saying is this about what we're talking about. Now, listen, this is really, really, really important for a lot of you probably and for a good part of the body of Christ. They don't have a clue what's going on. They don't have a clue. I didn't know how to log in because I didn't even know what a mouse was. I thought it was Mickey. <laughs> That's the truth. We got too many Mickey Mouse Christians. They know all about the mouse. They don't know about the kingdom of God. They don't know about the kingdom of darkness. And so I know how to log in now. I know what passwords are now. I know what a mouse is now. I know those things now. I'm not totally ignorant. Now, I do have some clues. But what I'm saying about you, a lot of you don't know how to log in. What I mean by log in, you don't know how to get into God's system to be able to navigate. You open up the wrong windows, you're getting viruses in your life. You're getting infections. I'm not talking about sickness. I'm talking about spiritual things. I'm talking about you're losing battles because there's things that you shouldn't open and you're opening them. Hey, man, you're opening doors in your life you shouldn't open. There's some things you don't go into. There's some things that, no, I resist that. I rebuke that. I'm not going there. No, in Jesus' name, that's coming my way. I don't receive that. Some of you go right on and say, well, I've got to find out. Well, back in the Garden of Eden, they opened the page they should have never opened because we're all paying a price for it. But praise God, Jesus redeemed us. But God said, don't go to that tree. He said, go to this tree. And they said, well, we're curious. We want to see this tree. We want to bite off the fruit of this tree. If they did, man, they condemned the whole human race. Amen. Well, too many of you are bringing things on your family, bringing things into your businesses, bringing things into your lives that shouldn't be there because you don't know how to navigate this system. He said, he said that we are not ignorant of his devices. And ignorant simply means lack of knowledge. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And so there's ignorant and unlearned Christians. 
And the, the only cure for ignorance or unlearned is the Bible. Read your Bible. Sit under right Bible teachers that have Bible fruit in their lives. What's Bible fruit? Love, joy, peace, fruit of the Spirit. That's a good one to start with. Amen. Uh, laying hands on the sick. Casting out devils. Preaching the gospel. People getting help. People getting healed. People's lives getting changed. That's Bible fruit. There's a lot of goofy fruit out there around right now that's not Bible. I'll give you an example. I, I ran into a lady the other day. We've, we've met her a few times down the hill. We was down the hill doing some business. And we're talking about things. And this lady starts talking about she went through seven Sundays of deliverance. I said, what? Seven Sundays? Oh, yeah, you've got to find somebody that can deliver you. I said, seven Sundays, morning and night, I went through deliverance sessions. And I got delivered. said, and if you pray enough... You can attain to the third level of prayer. And I wanted to say, well, show me where that's in the Bible. I never saw the third level of prayer in the Bible. I never saw going to somebody that's got a special deliverance ministry getting you to deliver things. I saw that in the name of Jesus, anybody is authorized to cast out devils. That Jesus gives us authority over all devils. I, I, saw, I saw in the Bible that we as believers crucify our flesh. We tell our flesh what not to do. We say, no, we've got a spirit of discipline, self-control. We've got that. But I don't see that if I'm going through a problem, I've got to get to the third level of prayer and then find somebody that has special powers to get me delivered. I see in John 14, 14, if I ask anything in the name of Jesus, he'll do it. Amen. I see things like that. So what I'm saying is this. There's people are all around that are totally ignorant, totally ignorant of how the kingdom of God works. And they think, what happens what happens if you need delivered and you can't find that special person? What happens if you only get to the second level? Sounds like I'm playing some kind of goofy game on the computer or something. I've never played those games yet, and I know a lot of you do, so I'm not putting bad words on you. But all I can say is this. I don't know anything about the levels. I know this. I'm going to grow in faith. I'm going to grow in Christ. Amen. He's going to grow in me. So we're looking, we're looking at some spiritual warfare things. And so uh, the, the primary way that Satan gains advantage of the earth is that Christians are ignorant. Christians. The world knows nothing, so you don't have to worry about them. We've got to get them saved. Christians are the ones that fight the, fight the spiritual warfare, fight the good fight of faith. And so we need to learn spiritual principles to do effective warfare. So if you pay close attention today, I can at least take you from ignorant to how to log in. I can get you that far. There's that for you what pages you open and what you're going to do. And, uh, and also, I can teach you how to use a mouse, how to navigate through the Word of God. And so to set up our lesson, I want to look at some Bible verses about our unseen enemy. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, we're going to be looking at verse 26, 27. But I want to say something. I'm a really big fan uh, Brother Kenneth Hagin got a lot, a lot of his books in the bookstore. But one time when Jesus appeared to him and talked to him, Jesus told him, he said, I'll never do a thing about the devil again. said, I already defeated him. said, it's all up to the body of Christ what you do about him. He said, I don't do anything now. said, I'm at the right hand of the Father, but I've given you the authority. And then Jesus challenged him. And I've, I, I've met the challenge. and I've done the study. Brother Hagin did the study. You can too. He said, find one place in the New Testament that I ever told you to tell me to do something about the devil. said, every instruction of the New Testament to the believers says, what you bind is bound. You resist. You submit to God. 
Amen. The devil's under your feet. You tell the devil no in Jesus' name. You stop him in Jesus' name. You're the overcomer by the blood of the Lamb in the name of Jesus. Too many Christians, out of ignorance, are asking God to do something that God's not going to do because he's already done it and he told us to do it now. Amen. Amen. He's done all about the devil. He's, already, he's going to do. He's already defeated him and give us the authority. Okay, so Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27 says, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not, the sun, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Neither give an opportunity to the devil to do things in your life. And so he says, be ye angry and sin not. And you think about Jesus. Jesus got very angry when they were in the temple misusing the things of God. When they were playing money games and con games with people in the temple. He got very upset. And so the Bible wouldn't say, be ye angry and sin not. If it wasn't possible to do that because Jesus did it. And so how do you be angry and sin not? You keep your mouth shut. That's the number one thing. Keep your mouth shut. Christians, through losing their temper and trash talking. That's a modern word. I've never used that before. But my kids use it so much and stuff like that. And hear these trash talk about these sports guys and stuff. That I guess that's a word I have to use to uh, communicate with people today. Because I've never used that. But it came out and was writing it out. Christians, through losing their temper and trash-talking others, give the devil permission to steal, kill, destroy in their lives. I want to say that again. Christians lose their temper and go to trash-talking. And when they do, they open the door to the devil. What did Jesus say the devil would do? Steal, kill, destroy. Through bad temper, homes are broken up. Through losing their temper, parental-children relationships are destroyed. Through temper tantrums, jobs are lost. On and on and on and on. It says, neither give place to the devil. And so, <clears throat> on a computer, we'd say it this way. Don't open that window. Don't open that page. In the case of spiritual warfare, don't open your mouth. Don't open your mouth. Walk away. <clears throat> because it opens the door to the devil. Man, things are, going, things are going on in your marriage. Parents and kids having something going on. Man, walk out the door. Pray in tongues. Got their blow up. Blow, blow, blow up something. Start praying in tongues. Do something. Don't hit a wall off your fist and bust your hand up. Don't hit your wall and put a hole in the plaster and have to replace the wall or look after the next 20 years because you're lazy. <laughs> Amen. I'm telling you something. We're talking about spiritual warfare. He said, be ye angry and sin not. Yeah, we get upset sometimes. Husband and wife sometimes, man, we get upset for each other. But man, don't open the door. The devil come in and hit your house. Man, walk out the door, do something, get some great tape. Put it on the mouth, man. Wrap around two or three times you have to. you got to do something to close the door. I'm going to tell you right now, we're talking today about spiritual warfare. If you're on your job and you're, and you're the boss, somebody does something wrong, man, don't blow up on them and destroy your, your relationship with your employee. Stop and take the time. Go back and take a deep breath. Come back out and say, man, I know this person's quality. I've never hired them. They wouldn't be here. 
if I didn't know there was good potential in them, and go back out again, man, go through the instruction again, train them again, but don't destroy the relationship, destroy your business. And, and if you're the employee, man, give a good day's work for what you're getting paid. At the same time, don't you be stupid and unload on your boss, especially to other people, because you're having a bad day. If you're about to what you're doing, you're giving place to the devil. We're talking about spiritual warfare. We are absolutely talking about spiritual warfare. Jesus said, I came for you to have and enjoy your life. And he said in the spiritual realm, it's not just God, Jesus, and the angels of God, the Holy Spirit. There's demon spirits. There's evil things out there, and they want to get a hold of people's tongues through their tempers and destroy things. The devil does not want a Christian business to stay, to stay, stay vibrant and making money. The devil doesn't want a Christian church to stay alive and grow and get people saved and things like that. Come in. Dylan, you're sitting in my seat today. Marsha, you didn't talk to me. <laughs> How come pastor prayed with them, didn't pray with me? When are they going to do something about this? How come it's so hot in there? Other people said, why is it so cold in there? All that is is stupid demon spirits trying to stir up strife and stuff to open up the door and destroy churches. Amen. That's the same thing on jobs, cities, anything there is. The devil wants people fighting each other all the time. Because if people are fighting each other all the time, then the devil's loud. And the Bible says you're giving permission to come in. Amen. Doing better preaching than you are shouting. And so he tells us right there, what he said, verse again, verse 27, neither give place to the devil. And the Greek says, don't give him an opportunity. I am not going to give Satan an opportunity to work in my family. At every opportunity, at every opportunity, if I see I've opened the door, I'm going to close it. I'm going to lock it. Amen. No trespassing in my marriage. No trespassing in my children's lives. No trespassing on my job if I had a secular job. No trespassing in my church. We're not going to have strife and discord. Any place that I have authority, and I have authority in my realm of influence, whether it's my home, my church, or whatever it is. And so we have to see, to fight spiritual warfare, you have to know there's an enemy. And I want to, you know, I just got to say it again, until I learned how to log in on a computer, all these nerds I saw everywhere, and the semi-nerds, you know, the wannabes. That at least knew how to get on a computer. They were ahead of me. I thought, man, I wish I could do that. Well, you know what? There's people looking at preachers like me and say, I wish I could do that. Well, I'm showing you how to log in. I'm showing you how to navigate the system, what to do. I'm going to tell you what, for a lot of you, your number one thing is you've got to get control over that mouth and your words you put out to people. you got to control that because that's where you open up a big door to Satan to come into your life. Oh, boy, I dare go there. Yeah, I will. I will. Well, I'd like to be able to start following some of my Christian friends again on Facebook, but I can't because I'm not going on those pages. Why am I not going on those pages? Every time that you forward or like something that's caused a strife and division in the world today, you're opening up the devil to come into your life and work. I don't care who they are or what they say. Those different people, all this stuff that sounds good, 
push those buttons. Like if you agree. I disagree with 99% of it, so I don't like it, so I quit following it. If you're one of them doing the stuff like that, man, I don't follow you anymore because I'm not getting in that world anymore. I got that door closed in my life, and I'm not going back there. Satan comes to steal, kill, destroy in my country, in my state, in my city. And I'm not following anybody that's following the devil and how they believe and what they're liking. And so I'm telling you right now, if you are liking stuff that's anti-God and the Bible's causing division, you've got a big door open in your life right now. You better close it or you're not going to be able to, to be able to win very many victories at all in your life. Amen? Somebody say amen or on me. Okay, in Ephesians chapter 6, look at verse 10. You know, what I'm doing, I'm answering somebody's questions. You know, I, th- I think about the other day, Mrs. Pastor, I just got her to the iPhone world probably, what, three months ago? Man, she's there. She's got a clue now, but not very many yet. Ha, <laughs> ha, I got them. <laughs> I've had iPhone three years. I said, I'm ahead of Mrs. Pastor that would. But somebody, matter of fact, there's another preacher's wife. It really, I could tell it really wasn't her after she showed me what she opened. It, something come across there. And I do, I, I just said, if you've been around for a while, you recognize the counterfeit. All these little things that come your way. You know, that's just like when you're in the Word enough, you recognize counterfeits. Well, she comes to say, she said, I think I just opened something bad. I think if I let something down, look like it. I said, man, I said, that's not her, how her email stuff looks. I said, yeah, that's something phony. That's not her. So it just so happened, super nerd came over. <laughs> so Josh came over right after that and didn't take 30 seconds. I said, she said, so that was Josh. I said, said he's here for something else. I showed him a phone. said, he pushed a few buttons and said, you're clean. <laughs> Got that virus off there, whatever it was, trying to come in and do the infection. So what, what I'm telling you is this. Too many of you opened those doors and let that virus in. But you can get it cleaned up. Get these things cleaned up. Okay, Fishes chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, get all the Google knowledge that you can. Go on Wiki, or Wiki, whatever you call it. How do you pronounce that? Wikipedia, yeah. Go, go on to Wikipedia. And, uh, no, follow my brethren and be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. The only way you're going to be strong in the Lord, John chapter 1 tells us Jesus is the Word. If you're going to be strong in the Lord, you're going to be strong in the Word and the power of His might. And the Bible teaches very plainly the power of God's might is the power of the Holy Ghost. When you're full of the Holy Ghost, let the Holy Ghost work in your life, then you're going to be strong in the power of His might. And so you want to be strong in the Word, strong in the Holy Ghost. And then he says in verse 11, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles, which means schemes, of the devil. And I want to get this into you again, again and again and again. You're going to have to get this. Dave Ramsey has a plan for finances. Businesses have a plan. Anything, do anything has a plan. says right here that Satan has a plan. He's got a plan. Not only does he have an end goal of destroying your life, he's got a plan to get there too. It says put on the whole armor of God so you can stand in victory against his plan. Amen. Against his schemes. And the reason... I want to drive home this point. Is Paul said we're not ignorant of his devices. But too many Christians are ignorant of his devices. 
And because they're ignorant, they play right into his hand. And they cooperate. You know, it's, 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 I can just say this. In this natural world, we've got to understand that the spiritual world and the physical world run parallel. And we as Christians, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Spiritually, we're there, but physically we're here. And that's why Jesus prayed, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And so we on earth have to navigate with heaven's principles. But I think about the war today. And, you know, just forget politics, but politics is very much involved in the world today of warfare. we got some politicians out of ignorance think that everybody is like Christians, that we all just want to get along. If we just get along, everybody be okay. But we got somebody, they're very much anti-Christian, hate Christians, and they don't care how good you treat them, how much you give and what you do for them, they're going to kill you. That's what they want to do. And so if you go around and try to act like, there ain't no devil, there ain't no devil, there ain't no devil. What do they say? There ain't no ISIS, ain't no ISIS, ain't no Al-Qaeda. They're going to, we're going to treat them nice, going to treat us nice. No. You treat them nice, they see that sign of weakness, they want to kill you. Christians, Christians just think, if I just treat everybody nice, if I'm just such a good person, that nothing, no, no. Now the devil out there sees that as a sign of weakness. If you just lay down and play dead, stick your head in the sand, he's going to still kill, destroy. He's going to clean your plow. He's going to clean your clock. He's going to take you out. And so what I'm saying is these verses we're looking at are very real. Christians love people, but fight the good fight of faith towards Satan. And so we love people, and we're being nice to people. In the spirit, we've got to take care of demon spirits that influence people that want to hurt us. And then, you know, it's like that one of those Facebook things I saw about the Marines. It said... Uh, what to say that uh, that Jesus died so you could get to go to heaven? Said you're going to beat God or whatever it was. Said the Marine said said people are praying, you know, etc. Like that. And the Marine said we're here to help you have that appointment sooner. And I'm saying that in a nice way is to protect people. People are praying for protection. God uses Marines. God uses soldiers. God uses weapons. God loves everybody. And God gives everybody a chance to get right with Him. But when there's things going on that we have to do things to protect ourselves in this natural world, the same thing in the spiritual world. The weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, through God's Word. There's things we've got to do spiritually. We can't just go through life and say, well, whatever will be, will be. Everything's going to be okay. No, everything's not going to be okay because the devil's out there fighting whether you acknowledge him or not. Well, how do you know that, Pastor? I'm reading you the Bible right here. It says neither give place to the devil. If there's not a devil then how could you give an opportunity to him? He's there. That says for us not to give him an opportunity. And so as we continue to look at these verses right here, now notice this next verse. It says that to stand against the schemes of the devil, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, that saying people are not our enemies, but against principalities. Now he's given us levels in Satan's army. Principalities, Powers, rules of darkness in this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Satan has an army of demons that have different levels of authority and assignments, just like an army of any nation on earth. And when you look at this right here, because we're not going down this road, I'm sure Dr. Summerall's book goes into it. Principalities are the lowest levels of demons. And uh, 
at Jesus in, in one scripture. He called Satan Beelzebub, which means uh, Lord of the Flies. And that's about these little demon spirits. What these little demons are, these little demons are everywhere. Little, little stupid things come and influence you to do just do little stupid, dumb things in life every day. All you got to say, Satan, get away from me in Jesus' name. And powers is the next level of authority over those little principalities that are everywhere. The powers are the ones that give them orders. And then the spiritual wickedness at high places are demon spirits over cities, over neighborhoods, over localities. They're demons that are the next highest level. And, the, and then the, uh, what, what's that last one called, specifically the Bible call it? That's, that's the ones that's over everything. The spiritual wickedness at high places. And so the rulers, rulers of the darkness of this world are over the localities. They're the ones that give the commands. I set up a command over areas like over New York City that lustful financial greed and gain and fighting everything for money, money, money is over New York City. You get over Las Vegas, it's the same thing. You got that, got those rulers over Las Vegas, just the money, 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 lusted after things. You get over some, some areas and there's nothing but uh, pornography places, porn shops, porn studios, and all that kind of stuff there. you got those unclean spirits there ruling those areas there. And so he tells us different levels of spirits there are. And so we have to know as Christians, Satan is well organized. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's well organized, got a plan. It's a losing plan in the end. But in the meantime, there's lots of ignorant Christians fall for his things, don't even know what they're doing. And all the world is in darkness, Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Now, you know, I throw out verses like this, but you, know, you need to write these down. talks about he's the God of this world. 1 John 5, 19 says all the world is under his power because they're deceived. And so these verses are things we need to see, things we need to know. But he's got an army, and they've got different assignments. And, you know, I, I just wrote down just a handful of things that, off the top of my head, but the Bible teaches about lying spirits. That's the type of demons in Satan's army is lying spirits. Spirit of infirmity. Spirit of sicknesses. And you know, I've seen this happen in people's lives. I've seen people go, they're having a problem, the doctor can find nothing, so they'll say, well, take this organ out. And then they take that organ out, and then they've got the same problem, pops up somewhere else, we'll take this one out. And somewhere else, take this one out. Take this one out. Keep on cutting stuff out. There's nothing left to cut out. And all it is is a demon spirit moving around causes sickness to come. All sickness is not from demon spirits. Sometimes it's just sickness happens because the curse of the world happens. And laying hands on the sick, pray the prayer of faith gets people healed. <clears throat> but if you're in their spiritual warfare, that's the spirit of infirmity, which the Bible very plainly teaches about. Read Luke 13. It's a good example there. In Luke 13, the woman with the spirit of infirmity if you're dealing with that, you're ignorant of spiritual warfare, and you're not hooked up with God, listen to what's going on, then you're not going to be able to help people in your own lives even. You know, some people, they call them hypochondriacs, but more than likely it's a spirit of infirmity. There's things really going on that can't see them because it's a demon spirit. Somebody said, I don't know about that. Well, I'm teaching you how to log in. I'm teaching you how to get into, into God's computer, the Word of God. And then... And then there's unclean spirits. That's the one, that's a very, very, very dominant one in our country today. That's the pornography, the sexual perversion, the, oh, the nasty, nasty, nasty stuff out there. And men have got to know how to resist that thing, to tell that thing no. And in today's times, a lot of women do too. But it's an unclean spirit, demonic spirits. 
deceiving spirits. Deceiving spirits. There's all kinds of things out there in the spiritual arena going on. And for the most part, Christians are ignorant of what's going on out there. Things get on them and they say, well, I don't know what made me do that. I'll tell you what made you do that. The devil influenced you and you didn't know how to resist him. That's what made it. And then accusing spirits. And then a familiar spirit. A familiar spirit is probably the most common one that influences your life today. He's familiar with you. He's familiar with your family. Ignorant, ignorant Bible teachers say things like this. Oh, generational curse. You got a generational curse. Well, Galatians 3.13 told me Christ redeemed me from the curse. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. I've been redeemed from the curse of the fall. Satan has no curse he can put on me. I'm blood-bought. I belong to Jesus. But, but, there are spirits that are familiar with my granddad, familiar with my dad, familiar with my family, familiar with the Sapples family, familiar with me, things I fell for before. Those familiar spirits will come and try the same things again. They'll give you, they'll give you images of things growing up that your dad did that was not in line with the Bible, just lifestyles and things coming back. They'll give you images of if it was alcohol or whatever it was, good times. Just give you pictures. Good times in the family. They're all sitting around, drink the beer around the campfire. So they bust up, started fighting, man. Had to go to the hospital. I remember those. Oh, I remember those. I said about the other day, the time my dad hit my uncle. Oh, man, that was a bad one. But was having such a good time, man, sitting around the campfire drinking beer. Yeah, familiar with that. No, what I'm telling you, there's familiar spirits out there. They're familiar with you. They're familiar with how you think. They're familiar with what your family's done. They're familiar with those things there. And the Bible very explicitly warns us, don't give place to familiar spirits. And so, when things try to come back to you about good times your family had as sinners, you need to say, my worst day as a Christian is far better than my best day as a sinner. Amen. Because every one of those days back then when they were having the good life, sad to say, but probably a lot of those people had that good life with are in hell today wishing they'd come out now and have the good life. So the Bible teaches us about all these different things out there. We've got to remember, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rules of darkness, this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. There's things out there. If we're going to fight a good warfare, we've got to know that we're in two worlds right now. And unless God opens our eyes to get to see that spiritual realm around us, we've got to know by faith there's angels out there, there's demons out there, the Holy Spirit is living in us, the Holy Spirit's influencing people that will let him, and these things are out there, and we've got to know. You know, let me just, let me just give you an example. Talk about this love walk. I've got a specific point. I'm heading to it in Jesus' name. I will get there before I run out of time. But we have got to realize, as people of God's kingdom, some of the passwords to get to this kingdom are love. And faith. That hold fast a good confession. There's key words we've got to have to be able to navigate through the system to get to the next level. To be able to deal in this thing here. And so, when you're dealing with people, and I'll tell you how I do this as a pastor. I guess I'll take it to this. This would be a good example. In a church, a church is like a family, like a large family. You know, my family, I grew up in, there were seven children in our family. We had eight children we raised between us. And so we know what it is to have large families. And so in my church, I know the character 
I know the actions of about everybody that's been in the church for a while. I know people that are good people, but have bad days sometimes. And then some people I know, they really are bad people, man. They just haven't got it yet, man. They're still mean. You've got to watch them because you don't know what they're going to do next. And so I know in spiritual warfare, if somebody in the church all of a sudden, they're starting to have little strikes with everybody, well, I know if I look deeper, something's going on in their life's changed right now because that's not them. That's not how they act. So instead of me getting all mad, wanting to fight, I say, oh, boy, we can't have that. I say, what's going on? Well, they've either got a pay cut, they've lost their job, somebody died, some divorce happened, something's going on in their life that's causing them to have a hard season right now. And so in spiritual warfare, you look for cause and effect. You think, man, and so then when they blow up at you for no reason, instead of blowing up back, you stop and think, love never fails. Love endures long, is patient and kind. Love takes no account of the evil done to it, pays no attention to suffering. What are you doing? You're on your little mouse there. You're going through the things there, man. You're going to the next page. You're looking at love. Love never fails. I'm going to love. I'm going to love. By this, you all men know I'm Jesus' disciple because we have love one for another. This person right now, they don't need my wrath. They need my love. And so if we as Christians start getting a hold of things like this here, we're going to be affected by our warfare. So what happens in your home, on your job, fellow employer, somebody else, all of a sudden, man, walk in. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? You took my pencil yesterday. I didn't even know you had a pencil. No, you took it. You got it. You say, where'd that come from? Well, if you're a Christian that walks in the Spirit, you say, well, I'm sorry I didn't take your pencil, but if you lost it, I'll buy you one. I'll get you one. Let me get you another pencil. Instead said, why are you lying? Blankety, 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 blank. And then the boss comes over, and then you're both in trouble. Or whatever goes on, because you didn't recognize what was going on around you. There's things influencing somebody, and you got to learn that. It happens at every level. And then somebody, 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 sometimes if they're not born again, they are full of the devil. Then they're evil all the time. You just know it. And so what do you do in that case? Where you go to work, you say, Lord, I just want to thank you. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. My job's a mission field. That person's full of the devil. I'm full of Jesus. I bind the devil in Jesus' name. Greater is he that sent me that he that's in the world. You go in there, man. You got your shield of faith up. They throw a few darts this way. Your way, you just say, the shield of faith catching those darts in the name of Jesus. No weapon for it against me will prosper. Hallelujah. I'm walking in love. I'm walking in faith. I'm a missionary. This is my job. My paycheck is my missionary offering to come in and do my missions work. Amen. Well, how you say that, Pastor? I was a truck driver for a lot of years. I lived that way. You know? All truck drivers aren't saved. Amen. And so when I come in, you know what I learned a long time ago? I never one time went to my pastor and said, Pastor, just pray for me that I have all Christians on my job. Because I knew from the way the Word of God works that he sent me to a job that wasn't all Christians. He sent me to a job where I'd go in there in the heathen field. Did I love it? No, I hated it most of the time. <laughs> I did not like working with all those being cussing, fighting, snorting, snotty, throwing things, healing out there. But what I did love is all the times when I'd find the Dylans out there before Dylan's like he is now. He, <laughs> I'd walk in there, man. They'd do the stupid stuff. And then one day they'd call me over. Uh, Bernie, uh, 
I know you're not like the rest of us. I know you're a Christian. My mom's sick. Would you say a little prayer today for my mom? I'll say, well, how sick is she? Well, she's in St. Francis Hospital. I'll say, well, ask your mom if I come out to the hospital. I said, I won't just pray for her, but I'll come out and see her. Would you really do that? Next thing you know, the reports are coming back. Hey, you know old John? Yeah, he's going to church now. And I got a flashback. Yeah, I remember. I wasn't mean to old John. I prayed for old John the time. He cussed me out. I just smiled at him and said, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Walked away because it's a spiritual warfare. The weapons of warfare are not carnal but mighty through God. Love is our main weapon. All right, we're doing, doing really good on time. And so Satan has an army, and we've got to know there's lots of different things in his army, but greater is he than as he is in the world. James chapter 4, verse 7. James chapter 4, verse 7. Does this help anybody? Amen. I'll tell you, this is so very real. If there's one thing I wish I could get in the body of Christ across this country, it would be what we're teaching today. James 4, 7 says this. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he might back off. You don't ever know what the devil might do. Give him an inch, he'll take a mile. Resist the devil, he'll what? He will flee from you. Flee from you. I know, I know we've got uh, military people here, military, former military, etc., etc., if you ever been in a battle, I wasn't, but I've seen things. And when you are defeating the enemy, what's the enemy do? If they're not dead, they flee. They run. They don't want to get hurt. Well, see, when we resist the devil in the name of Jesus, he remembers something that happened 2,000 years ago. Jesus died a righteous man. Jesus went into Satan's territory called hell. It says, the Bible says, the book of Revelations, he stripped him. He took his authority. Jesus won over death, hell, and the grave. He won. Colossians 2.15 says he spoiled principalities and powers. Well, that's the same principalities and powers we're talking about in Ephesians chapter 6. Colossians 2.15, he spoiled, he paralyzed, he disarmed principalities and powers. And then Jesus told us, said, in my name now, you cast out devils. And so I'll tell you what, it's not this way today with the, our, our military, but when our military is walking right and our country is walking right, when we show up somewhere, the enemy flees because they remember what we did before. And they say, man, that's the United States Army. That's the Marines from America. We know what they're going to do, man. Come on, guys, get out of here. That's the Marines. In the spiritual realm. We say, Satan, in Jesus' name, I resist you. Immediately, he flees because of the name of Jesus spoken by a believer that's living it, by a believer that's walking it. That's why he flees as if in terror because he knows what that name will do. Amen. Anybody get anything out of that? Amen. And so I want you to notice here. We have absolute victory and authority over Satan and all demon spirits. It says, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. So, number one, we must submit to God by studying our Bibles and then doing what we know to do. You submit to God by submitting to God's Word. And, you know, 
Somebody said, well, I try to obey the Ten Commandments. There's a whole lot more than ten. That's part of what he calls. He calls some of the commandments or ten commandments. But he tells us, he tells us what we bind is bound. He tells us we'll have whatsoever we saith. He tells us, watch our words. He tells us who to have sex with. Who you have sex with, the ones wearing that ring. You know, I'll never forget years ago. Uh, this way back a long time ago, early 80s, when all the AIDS stuff first came out. I can't remember where it was. Some, when I was a truck driver back someplace, I was delivered in Indianapolis. guy had a little cartoon cut out of a newspaper on his little desk there where I signed my freight bills. As a picture of an old man. Old man, yeah, well, praise the Lord. I was a young guy then, but I could be that old man now. Anyway, picture of an old man there and a grandson standing there. Grandpa, what did you do for safe sex back in your day? We called it a wedding ring. Amen. Amen. And so what am I saying? The Bible tells us a lot of things to do. If you don't want sexually transmitted diseases, get married to somebody that you know, that you love, that loves you, that doesn't mess around. Get a wedding ring on your finger. And what are you doing? You're submitting to God by submitting to His Word. You submit to His Word. And then the song we sing today, Holy, 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 you're starting to live holy. And, you know, I like, I like something Pastor Dave, has, or no, it was Josh. Josh says this. This is so good, but he's talking about marriage things. He said, he, said, he said, the only sin in the Bible that you can do that's not a sin the next day is to get married if you're having sex with somebody. Today you're having sex and it's sin. Tomorrow you're having sex and it's blessed because you said those words, I do. Somebody said, boy, I'm glad he's getting out. I'm starting to get really uncomfortable. <laughs> well, you submit to God by submitting to his word. And then number two, after you submitted to God, you resist the devil. And uh, we must open our mouths and tell Satan, Satan, I bind you in Jesus' name. I resist you in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. There's a bloodline around my family. There's a bloodline around my church. There's a blood line around my job. Satan, in Jesus' name, I bind you. I resist you. You have no authority here. Go in Jesus' name. And when you resist him by word and action, and submit to God by word and action, then you're going to start walking in victory of the spiritual warfare. Amen. Amen. That's how it works. The Bible says you resist him. It didn't say, it didn't say wine through your nose. Say, oh, Jesus, do something about the devil. Oh, Jesus, please help me. The devil's after me. He said, you resist the devil. You submit to God. He'll flee from you. Amen? And what am I doing? I'm teaching you what the Bible says. You know, when you're a baby Christian and you know nothing, you can get by with little Mickey Mouse prayers when you know nothing. Because it's just like my little grandchildren right now. There's things they can get by with. You know, they can mess their pants. And they can cry when they're hungry because they don't know how to feed themselves. They don't know how to change themselves. But man, I don't want Pastor Dave showing up at my house in a stinky diaper and saying, Dad, I'm hungry. Because I'm going to say, Pastor Dave, we're beyond that. You take care of yourself now. Well, in the kingdom of God, that's what it's like. When somebody's been born again for any length of time at all, and they're still messing their pants, and won't feed themselves, God is saying, 
Obey my word. Obey my word. All right. Let's look at Revelations chapter 7 or chapter 12. I'm going to look at this. Then we're coming in the home stretch. We've got to wrap this up quick now to get to our main number one thing we set this whole thing up for. And there was war in heaven. Michael's angels fought against the dragon. The dragon fought his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. If you want to know where demon spirits came from, they're fallen angels. They came from heaven. Started off up there. They turned against God. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He deceives everybody that lives in the world. That would include include Christians that spend more time in worldly things than biblical things. Deceives the whole world. He was cast into the earth. His angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength of the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down. The accuser of our brethren is cast down. I've always said this. I've I got to keep moving. But I will never be a part of the accuser of the brethren spirit. Even if a preacher falls, or a Christian does wrong, and people want me to grab stones and throw stones at them because they messed up, I'm not going to do it with my mouth. I'm not going to do it with my actions. If Christians fall and get into trouble, I'm not called to stone them. I'm called to help pick them up. Somebody tells me, well, Pastor, what do you think about that preacher did this? What about that preacher did that? I say, man, I'm praying for that preacher. You know, that wasn't right. And I want to help them. I want to pray for them. I want to do what's right. But I'm not going to be the accuser of the brethren because that's the spirit belongs to the devil. Amen. We're talking about spiritual warfare. And it says, which accused them before God day and night. And in verse 11 and 12, and they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony. They loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice ye heavens, you that dwell in them. Woe to the habitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down on you having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. This church age is going to end. It's probably going to end in our lifetime. There's going to come a day when Satan is going to get thrown to the bottomless pit, the lake of fire, forever and ever and ever and ever. But until then, he's going to do everything he can to steal, kill, destroy take as many human beings that are created God's likeness with him, and we as Christians overcome by the blood of the Lamb. So we always win if we take advantage of the power that's in the blood of Christ and stay fully committed to Jesus. Now that I've done what I want to do, laid the foundation, I've got to close with these two things I want to look at because I want to lay that foundation to see this. I'm ready to make America great again. Not by me, but by Christians obeying the Word of God. Christians can't obey the Word of God that they don't know, but when pastors like me teach what I'm teaching today, Christians can see it, then they can obey it, and we can make America great again. And so we've got the foundation laid. And so look at Matthew chapter 12, Matthew chapter 12, verse 25. And my whole, my whole point in that first part was to make sure that if you weren't aware of what's really going on in the spiritual arena, you saw some things that whetted your appetite. And then for all of you that were aware, I wanted to sharpen your sword again. I wanted you to see again what's really going on. So Jesus said in Matthew 12, verse 25, 
talking to a bunch of religious people, says, Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And so divide and conquer, listen to this, divide and conquer is Satan's primary weapon to destroy families, churches, cities, and nations. Jesus said every city, every nation, every family divided can't stand. That's why divorce comes in. That's why churches go under. That's why things happen because Satan brought in his primary scheme to destroy any unity, any group, is through division, divide and conquer. And so divide and conquer is the primary strategy. And so I want to look now at God's answer for the body of Christ in a minute, but I want to expound on what's going on based upon this spiritual strategy of the devil. First, number one, Satan's tactic is always divide and conquer, divide and conquer. Strife and division at every level is his goal. Between husband and wife, children and parents, next-door neighbors, fellow church members, co-workers, supervision employees, on a national level, our founding fathers, for the most part, lived and understood Bible principles. That's why they named our country the United States, not the divided States of America. The United States of America. As long as we lived as one nation under God, not a divided nation, we stayed under the safety and protection and the blessing of God. As long as we lived there. Diversity is not what made us great. Oh, I don't want to puke on that one. Oh, I hate that one. That's a lion's spirit. Jesus said diversity, that division, he says what destroys a nation. You know, it's okay for people not to agree on everything, but when you're divided on everything, you're going to be destroyed in everything you do. And so I just know for me, when I'm around people tell me, well, well isn't it wonderful? Diversity is what made us great. I say, well, why would we call the divided states of America that it was unity? United, that's what made us great. So that's a lying spirit. Christians need not be deceived about this diversity business. That's not God. That's division. Look at Psalms 133. Psalms 133. Did we lay a pretty good foundation on the spiritual warfare? Amen. Well, he said anything divided is not going to stand. Psalms 133. Behold, how good and how pleasant is diversity. No. It says how, how pleasant it is, how good it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. In unity. It says unity is like the precious ointment upon the head. That's talking about anointing. That ran down upon the beard, even the beard that went down to the skirts of his garments. The anointing is from the Holy Ghost for us today. It says, as the dew of Hermon, as the dew that sent upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. So what he's saying there is that place where brethren live in unity, that's where the blessing is, the anointing of God is. Unity is the only thing that will bring the blessing back to America. Number one, unity in the body of Christ. Unity in marriages, in Jesus' name. Unity in parental children relationships, in Jesus' name. Unity, one accord, is the key to the book of Acts. They were one accord. They were, uni- they were united in prayer. They were united in purpose. They were united in faith. And the book of Acts, that has great mighty things happen because they were in unity. 
And so unity is the only thing that will bring the blessing back. Refuse. Now listen to what I'm saying. This is the closer. Refuse to fall for racial or ethnic division or political division or class warfare or economic envy or sexism fights. You know, who cares if we got a woman president or a man president or an Asian president or a black president or a white president? All we want is a president that follows God, a president that's going to lead us in the right direction. Don't fall for the don't fall don't fall for the trash. Who cares if the rich get richer? We can get richer too. If we tie the gift to serve God, we can get richer. Galatians three twenty eight says the body of Christ is no Jew nor Greek, male or female. We're all one in Christ. We have to recognize that what God said is people. God said they're either born again or they're not born again. So we need not to let the the uh, things of the past, the deceptions of the past on our families, our generations have caused the division over whatever it is to come in because unity is where God's going to bless us at. So don't fall. Don't fall for those battles that don't matter. Amen? And so unity, not division. Unity, not division, is God's way to victory. Amen. Amen. And so I just want to make sure we got what God wanted to say today. There's a spiritual warfare going on. Satan's job is to still kill and destroy. The main weapon used against America is division. It's time for unity in our homes. It's time for unity in our churches. It's time for unity amongst the churches. It's time for unity among Christians. If you call yourself Democrat, Republican, Independent, Libertarian, whatever you call yourself, none of that matters. You get to heaven... Born-again Democrats go to heaven. Born-again Republicans go to heaven. Born-again whatever the name is goes to heaven. You get to heaven, it's not how much money you made. It's not how good your health care was. It's not any of those things. You go to heaven is what you do about receiving Jesus, your Lord and Savior. And so for us as Christians to be effective, so everywhere we go, we're talking about Christ the whole, we will listen, get filled up more with Jesus than politics. Get filled up more with Jesus than sports numbers, money numbers, and racial things. More of Jesus and less of us. And when we do, we're going to see America become great again because that's how America was started, loving Jesus. We're going to go back there. Amen. Well, let's stand up and give the Lord a hand.